Huh. I didn't yeah. think about that because yeah. it's so obvious right now. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't think of some movies. I better look it up. <laughs> um, I like uh, that you make yourself sound like a nerd too, not just me. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review the uh, much buzzed about the surprisingly number one box office movie, Hidden Figures. I say surprised. I'm only surprised because I thought this was going to kind of come in as an as an indie. You know, I knew there's a lot of Oscar buzz about Hidden Figures and about the performances, but I didn't think that this type of movie was the type that would normally. Um, be number one at the box office, but it did debut that way. Um, it's opening weekend. I am Brandon Rabar, joined as always by Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. This is Pulp Fiction, and here is Hidden Figures. Let's check out that trailer. You have identification on NASA, sir. I had no idea they hired. Quite a few women working in the space program. You are now Space test group needs a computer. Catherine's the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. I never had a color in here, but don't embarrass me. This wasn't emptied last night. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not the... You should be an engineer. I'm a Negro woman. I'm not going to entertain the impossible. I'm standing beneath a spaceship. We are living the impossible. The IBM data processing system. We have to know how to program it. Get a girl. That's John Glenn. What do you ladies do for NASA? Calculate your trajectories. Well, you can't get anywhere without the numbers. How could you be ogling these white men? It's equal rights. I have the right to see fine and ethical. NASA doesn't commission females for the engineer program. Every time we have a chance to get ahead, I would like to attend today's briefing. There is no protocol for women attending. They move the finish line. Y'all should be thankful you have jobs at all. I don't even know if I can keep up in that room. You're better with the numbers than anyone in there, Catherine. You've been gone for 300 hours. Felt like it to me, too. You're never where I need you to be. Where the hell do you go every day? The colored bathroom is a mile away. We all get to the peak together, or we don't get there at all. More than 50 million people are watching this launch. John from the IBM is wrong. Let's get the girls to check the numbers. My gals are ready. We can do the work. Colonel Glenn. It's good to know NASA hasn't given up on good old-fashioned brain power. The Friendship 7 has experienced some sort of a malfunction. There's a real fireball outside. It's getting a little hot in here. We're in the fight of our lives, people. Thank you, Jacob. Based on a true story, a team of African-American women provide NASA with important mathematical data needed to launch the programs for successful space missions. Based on a true story, this is starring Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet, Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, Jim Parsons, and uh, that dude from Moonlight. So... The performances especially are getting uh, multiple nominations through, you know, whatever precursor wars. Maher Shala yeah. Ali. Yeah. yeah that he guy. was awesome in Spotlight. Uh, yeah, uh, and Moonlight. Or Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he was in Spotlight? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about it. It's getting, like I said, Oscar buzz for performances um, and some other categories. Number one at the box office. What did you guys think of it? Initial impressions. Let's go around the table. Jacob. 
This is a weird one for me because in the theater, I was completely engaged. I was uh, like inspired. I loved it. There's a lot of levels to this movie for me. Um, as far as the content, the time period, the subject matter, the genre in a way, mm -hmm. because a lot of it's so sciencey and mathematical, and I really enjoy that topic. Right. Um, the idea of NASA and space, and yeah, um, you know, I'm fresh off the right stuff last year, and I actually watched that immediately after I watched this movie, which is kind of hard to do because it's like a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. So I watched this one's it, pretty long too. I watched it in like two parts because I saw it. Hidden Figures two days ago, I watched half of the right stuff that night, and then the other half last night. So here we are, you know. So every time he says the right stuff, I think a new kid's on the block. Uh, uh, oh, every time. <laughs> do, do you too? Yep. And I know the movie, and I like the movie. Every time he says that, I hear the best picture the regarding stuff. the Mercury Seven. <laughs> I know we're thinking of in KOTB. Yeah. So some listeners are, uh, you know, aware that's what I'm discussing here. I know the listeners out there are thinking the new kids too. Uh -huh. But go ahead. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, you know, it had so many things that I love, you know, like the underdog stories or this civil rights movement. I, I, that's kind of a fascinating you know, part of history that I've always kind of enjoyed. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the great strides that have been made, even though, you know, we always take a step forward and two steps back. But, you know, this was a good, positive story. It was. So, yeah. You know, a really uh the title's perfect. It's it's simply something I had no clue. Yeah, nobody uh, did. Of, of, of what happened or, you know, I might like NASA and and math, but I've certainly never heard of these characters. Right. These, I'll say historical figures. Right. Uh, so I was kind of fascinated and I was totally into it. And then I got home and I started not really fact checking because the fact checking, I think, checks out OK. Right. It does. It's more of the characterization kind of, kind of duped. Right. I kind of feel like I'm duped by Hollywood also. And I'll get more into that later. But, like, you know, I was – I've argued a lot this year that I haven't been emotionally attached to a movie. I just haven't found that movie yet or I'm trying really hard to find one. Right. And I was so involved in this movie. For that, I loved it. Right. But the other stuff, it's huh, a step forward and two steps back. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Rachel? This – I have mixed emotions about this movie, too. I think it's a very important story. I think it's a story that needs to be told. I don't think they told it very well because I couldn't, even if the fact-checking checks out, which I didn't even look into, I know that it doesn't because there was too many conveniences. Um, it was too manipulative. And so because of those things, I found myself annoyed at that but interested in these these people i wanted to know more about them but i couldn't i didn't feel like i could trust the movie that i was watching to give me actual facts about these people um the entire time i was trying to differentiate like i wonder if that really happened or yeah i guess logically that probably did and no i'm sure they didn't all live together there's no way that they all were friends and they all lived together and they were all these three they, revolutionary they women right yeah. yeah, so yeah. like stuff like that. I was like, I don't know what I can believe about this. So to me, I hope somebody makes a documentary about these women. Right. Yes. I would love to watch that because I think that they're really interesting. But the movie itself, I think it was a fail to me. Yeah, I think that's the case. The facts themselves about what they did, who they were, the important stuff is true. But I think the 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 difference here is... Hollywood came in and dramatized 
and made you know the the relationships and the the characters and the character traits different than, than what they were right. to fit a good happy feel good Hollywood movie, and that uh, that was the manipulation. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna I won't go too far into my initial thoughts because I pretty much agree with both of you. I think we all kind of appreciated these people and who they were and the story for what it was, but then uh, felt let down by the execution. I think the premise and the idea were top-notch, but the execution of those ideas was less than. Um, so let's get into the things. Let's – okay, let's since about, we all – obviously talk about each of the actors maybe? Yeah, that's a good – because that's a big part of it too is the appeal as far as award season go is the performances – and really, all three of them are getting attention, uh, especially probably uh, Taraji P. Henson as our lead character, whose name is Catherine Johnson. G. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Catherine G. Johnson. Then Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughn. Uh, which and, she was nominated for Golden Globe, I believe. Right, she was. And then Janelle Monet as Mary Jackson. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> things are about to get really weird, by the way. Heads up. Yeah. We do spoilers, and things are going to get weird with Janelle Monet talk. Yeah. Uh, uh, get ready for that. Backstory. Once Jacob and I both saw Moonlight, uh, we both came away with a huge crush over uh, Janelle Monet, and we've been arguing through text over whose wife She's going to be – Jacob claims he has rights to her since I'm already married. Uh, but see, and that seems pretty logical. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you do you like uh, Janelle Monet uh, in Moonlight Janelle Monet or do you like Hidden Figures Janelle Monet? I like I like every <laughs> every edition of Janelle Monet. Um, I, I probably actually preferred her in Moonlight to be honest. Uh Wait, do you mean for boning or just for acting? <laughs> exactly. Because like, I'm were, confused. Was, we don't even have to break this down, bro. <laughs> Good call. Um, probably liked her character in Moonlight more and liked her more for boning in Moonlight, but her acting ability probably shown more in Hidden Figures. Yeah, see, I'm not answering that because I would never say that on there. Oh, I I'm, have I'm, no shame. I'm just kidding. And, and my wife <laughs> listens to this uh, this show. I don't know. She, she knows. She knows. Uh, uh, but yeah, okay, so Rachel, I know who Brandon really answers to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a favorite of the three, was there one particularly that stood out to you? And then kind of break down each of their performance thoughts on each of their performances. Yeah, well, for me, it's Taraji uh, P. Henson. Right. One, I've, I've noticed her when she back in um, Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Um, I'd never had seen her before to that point. And. You know, if you don't know what Hustle and Flow is, it came out, I believe, like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started. It start started. Um, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Thank you. And it was up for Best Picture. It won. You know, I'll say a Music Award. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> was a very memorable Three Six Mafia, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, very memorable moment in Oscar history. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. You know, well, it was hilarious because uh, who was the host that year? But I'll never forget. He Ellen? Came, I mean, who knows? Yeah, you know, it was a dude. I'll never forget. He came back and he said, "For those keeping score at home, uh, three six mafia one, Martin Scorsese zero. Because <laughs> at Probably that point, John Stewart then. Yeah, it might have been actually. It might have been because at that point, Scorsese hadn't won for any any Oscars yet. It was so hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I noticed um, Taraji Henson in, in that movie, and she played reserved very well. And when they finally got her to sing in that movie, I was like, "Wow, this." Lady's really talented. Yeah. 
And you no, know, I've never watched Empire, but I understand she's very good in it. Right. And all the things I've seen her since then in, she plays very strong, good roles. She does, yeah. So it was cool to see her again as a very reserved character. Um, except for the one scene where she completely loses her composure. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah, she goes off. It was very good. It was awesome. And then she goes back to, to her role the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. which I think that's what was Rachel's argument was how some of the characters aren't very well-rounded because they stay the same character the entire they time. Do. That they was do. her one breakdown in the movie. It was very quick. We never saw too much more because these women were all very... They were all so kind, so forgiving, so... Right. Almost. It made them... I, I wish they were more human. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that's the part where, yeah, you take out the inhuman part of it. And I, I recognize it, but I also excused it. Um, I also excused it. But, you know, you throw in a character that I'm really interested in as far as her smarts and, you know, the math portion of it you know, the biopic or the true story behind it. I was pretty fascinated again. I think she portrayed her very well. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Rachel favorite of the three. And then any thoughts on, on the performances overall? Taraji P. Henson was the, the best of the three, in my opinion. And I really like Taraji P. Henson and Octavia Spencer. I think they're two of the, I like the, Octavia Spencer too. It's hard not to like her. the best yeah. working actresses today. I really like them a lot. Um, and then Janelle Monet hasn't done a lot, but everything she's done, she's been she's been great in. So right. that's awesome. But I don't think none of their performances blew me away. I think that all this hype is really overrated. I don't know if it's an Oscar so white thing. I don't know if it's all right. There's powerful black women in a movie, and I understand that that's been lacking and that deserves some attention. Uh, but as far as their performances, it's, it was nothing on the actresses themselves. I just don't think the script really gave them much to work with. That's uh, that's exactly what so, I feel. Uh, Everything you're saying is what I feel. So continue. <laughs> so Taraji, because of her breakdown in that one scene, that's why I would say that she was better than the other two because the other two <laughs> were just very straight characters and they never changed. Nothing was dynamic about them. They were just these ladies that were nice and smart and that's about it, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, the script really did them a disservice because they had a lot of talent. See that? Yes, I I think they were up to the challenge, and I think that they could have given Academy Award worthy performances. Yeah, absolutely. Had they been given, you know, the script to work with to do that, and I feel like because it's an important movie, and because it was kind of a crowd pleasing movie, and because of what other political issues want to look at, they are starting to get that attention and nominations. And though I felt they have the talent to do it. Whoever wrote the script, I don't think, gave them the parts to actually chew on to be able to. Agreed. You know, because whenever you talk about Oscar-worthy performances, you either have something that's so entertaining and so kind of scenery-chewing, you know, on one end, kind of like a showy performance, or you have something that's more subtle, or more times than not, you have a character that's developed throughout it, and you see a change. You like see American see Sniper. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't get, he should not. Oh, well, no, opposite was, of everything that you yes, said. Yeah. You, but you see a development, and you see uh, layers to performances. And in this, they were just like really nice, smart, good-looking people. Uh, who won Best Actress last year? Do you remember? Oh. Her. Her, <laughs> who I can't, I can't remember. Are you trying to remember so you can compare it? Yeah. Gosh, I should know this. Continue. It's gonna, I'll yeah. Look it up. Um, 
But all that said, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball and say that I like Janelle Monet the most. Janelle Monet the most. You and like I, she was good. She was good. She was sassy. She was sassy, and I like that she she kind of. I don't want to go against the grain here, but I almost felt like Taraji B. P. Henson kind of overacted her her nerdiness she a little did. bit. She like, did. Like her pushing up her glasses and like being very like I think it was almost like overacting because I, I don't think Taraji P. Henson is is nerdy at all, and I think she's usually a powerful, strong, smart woman. I think and she's so I think playing diverse because I, no, she is diverse. Okay. I think she's a good actress, but I just think that it was. I think it was almost overplayed I, to yeah, me. I can see that. I haven't watched it because she's supposed to be that strong, right? But I haven't seen her in anything else where she's a strong, strong. Yeah, I've, I've seen, her seen her in some. Reserved. Yeah, I, no, I've seen her as a strong woman a lot. Of, strong, pissed off at her man for cheating on her. Yeah, she does few, play yeah. that role. Yeah, a lot. yeah she does, she and Benjamin she's good Biden's at it. Mom. She is. Yeah, so. she's she's a really good actress. I just felt like it was almost a little bit overplayed. And that one scene, while she was good in a vacuum, if you just look at that scene. Which is like, the one they'll play well, if she gets nominated. It's a well-acted scene. Yeah, but yeah. it's the only one they'll play. Yeah. It was yeah. the Oscar scene. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. we got to give her an Oscar it's clip. It's like Wayne's World. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, <laughs> I never <laughs> learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always felt like it was so jarring because it was like, whoa, okay. And then it she was. was back to normal. It was. So in a vacuum, that was a well-played scene. I didn't say scene, it was but written it didn't well. Really fit. It didn't really though. It did didn't it? fit. It didn't, it didn't fit, fit her, her character. character nope. For the rest no, of the movie. it didn't. Had, had that had that like kind of changed her moving forward? Too. Had that changed her moving forward? No. Okay. It was. But she went back that to reserve, thing. nerdy, yeah. walk all over me, whatever. You know. After that, it's not my imagination. Now, where the hell do you go every day? To the bathroom, sir. The bathroom. To the damn bathroom. For 40 minutes a day? What are you doing there? There's no bathroom for me here. What do you mean there's no bathroom for you there here? There is no bathroom. There are no colored bathrooms in this building or any building outside the West Campus, which is half a mile away. Did you know that? I have to walk to Timbuktu just to relieve myself. My uniform, skirt below my knees, my heels, and a simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay color enough to afford pearls. And I work like a dog, day and night, leaning off a coffee from a pot none of you want to touch. Excuse me if I have to go to the restroom a few times a day. Look, this is an important story, and I'm so glad that people know now about these three women because they were very important, and and stories like this need to to be out there. And so from that historical standpoint, I loved – Right, and I love that it'll spark the conversation, and people will research these women now. But I felt like it was too Hollywood and too – they were trying to cater to a wide audience, which is working because they're making money at right. the box office. But imagine this in the hands of a director. It's like, all right, let's cut away the the pretty part. Let's cut away. Let's get down to the nitty gritty of who these people actually were and make a good movie because the story's there. But the, the people are but there. Would people watch it? 
I don't know, but I think it'd be a better movie. Yeah, it would be a better biopic. movie. Yeah. Biopics write themselves. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, one oh, argument. Go ahead. Sorry. Brie Larson won in 2016, by oh, the way. Good call. Yeah. For a room. So, yes, that was uh, a much better um, A much more impressive <laughs> performance than yeah. any of these ladies had. Yes. Well, and I mean, the, the, the top contenders this year, uh, the lady in L, which I'll talk about later. And then um, Jackie Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. she was better. Probably what's her name in Lion? Uh, yes, Nicole Kidman, but she's supporting. But I think a couple oh. of them are supporting. I think Taraji is the only one in lead, and the yeah. other two are supporting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I had been a lot. Of it's just not personally. the same caliber. I think Naomi Harris in Moonlight was better than any of these three in Hidden Figures. I, the the mom yeah. in, yeah. in Moonlight, I, agree. I think she was stronger. She's so. supporting too, though. Yeah, she's supporting yeah. too. Still, anyway, yeah. um, I will say to the points that we were making about the Hollywood angle too. It's here's one of the like when you look at all the user reviews on IMDb, most of them are eight, nine, ten out of ten. Yep. Um, it's you a know, everyone's really excited, and I mean, I'm great, and that's that's actually great. I'm not too far away from some of those, right? Because um, I like the story. I think yep. and I think we all like the story, but for the ones that I read that were really low. <clears throat> Because sometimes it's good to read those to at least step outside of your bo- your thinking, right? And be like, okay, I can see that criticism. Look, some of them were bad criticisms, but the ones that I thought rung a bell were okay. Uh, well, it's the three main white characters: Kevin Costner, uh-huh. Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst, and, and Glenn Powell. Glenn, well. As um, no Sheldon. Sheldon. Oh, Sheldon. Jim Parsons. Jim They're all Parsons. composite characters. None of the yeah. characters really existed. Uh, not really? Real I, really? I assumed that they were not. Yeah, Costner, because they were too unrealistic. Right. Costner was supposed to be everybody like was three parts of one character. Right. Okay. Three characters into one. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. But the thing is, is that they turn into those. This is the main thing I saw. So I have to be careful how I say this, but like the white people, bigots. Yeah. 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 And you know. Black people did all this stuff. Right. If you actually read an article about um, Catherine G. Johnson, because she saw this movie. She's still alive. She's like 98 years old That's now. amazing. Uh, she said, really? I mean, yes, we had our parts, but really there's 300 people who all had parts to do. That's what I and wondered. And it was all yeah. broken as down soon, into as soon different as I saw departments. It. Yep. You know, they had their teams, and those teams had sub-teams. Right. But That's I understand what I you wondering. can't write a movie about right. 300 people right. to focus on, you know, a smaller group of people. And I think that was a different person that may have said that. But, like, so it, so we, yeah, we pointed out characters in this, but this is the part where if you go watch the right stuff, which is why I did, that's the story about the seven Mercury astronauts and that aspect of it because, once again, you can't write a story about 300 people. Right. Uh, of course, that ended up being three and a half hours long, so there were a lot of characters in that, but certainly no one, no one in this movie, uh, as far as, you know, Catherine Jean Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn showed up in the 1983 movie. Right. Um, but kind of two different stories, even though they're talking about the same subject and yeah. the same time period. Right. right. Uh, which was pretty cool, actually. When you watch that movie, The Right Stuff, after watching this, and you're talking about, you know, John Glenn, yeah. uh, you know, Marshall, I can't think of uh, something like this. Gordon, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... Yeah, Jaeger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he wasn't even one of the Mercury 7. So, anyway. But also, I mean, like, in comparison, also just kind of shows you... 
I mean, we really used to have better movies, too. Movie making was a little bit better back then than it is now, too, if you just look at it from that aspect. Um, because, I mean, that was an Oscar-worthy movie back then. This is supposedly an Oscar-worthy movie nowadays. And it, show, it shows you the dip in quality, I think, too. I don't know. I, uh, this is kind of very blindside-ish. Yes. yes. That's, a yes. That that's what I it's, thought it's of, too. It's not as bad as kind that, but that's a yep. perfect 100% yep, That's comparison. exactly what I thought of, where people, uh, audiences eat it up. It's yeah. it's a story worth telling, but it's so manipulative. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's the American Sniper was that. Yep. Yeah, American yep. Sniper. And those are the movies away. that drive me nuts because they're stories yeah. that are worth telling. Yes, but they tell them all wrong, and that yes. irritates me to no end. When it's and it runs it on me when I go home and fact check. I'm like, oh well, then I was all inspired, and I'm like, I could feel kind of half inspired. I mean, like I could still be inspired by the real story if right. you tell it to me right. But then, you know, I'm reading all these things, and it's not exactly like it was. And that's cool that Catherine uh, G. Johnson, you know, said, hey, you know, credit to the other 300 people, too. I, I appreciate it, but, you know, I was one of 300. And as I was watching the movie, I was like, I mean, I know obviously this woman was really smart, but I don't care if she's white, black, Latino, whatever. I had a hard time believing some of the things they were telling that it was all in this one person and all those things. Right. Um so it's it's interesting to hear that again. A story definitely worth telling, and these were important people and uh, pioneering people. But I just kind of wish they'd tell the story right and make for a better movie. One uh, person, one user write up that gave it an eight out of ten. I want to point out this was, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this because it's kind of a hidden name in IMDb, but it's like Danusha Gaska. I don't know, dated January eighth, two thousand seventeen. It's titled Inspirational, Starchy, and Skewed. So she gives it an 8 out of 10, but she really hits some good points. And one thing I want to note on, in addition to all this, is another aspect of the film is ironic. The movie wants the viewer to accept black women as thinkers, and yet it dresses two of its lead in the tightest of dresses and the highest of heels and the lushest of fake eyelashes. Yeah. Even when, it, when it, even when at home, putting the kids to bed, the leads are picture perfect. Look at yeah. the photos of real Jackson, Vaughn, and Johnson. They are, not hot, they are not hot models. They look like mathematicians, often look a bit rumpled with average attractiveness. Right. Additionally, she writes, yes, yes, we all know movies must have attractive leads, but Russell Crowe was not allowed to look rumpled and nerdy in A Beautiful Mind about a mathematician John Nash. No one forced him to wear uh, a tight shirt and displayed his chest hairs or his pecs. Even... Uh, even movies urging equality must resort to old-fashioned sexist objectification of women's bodies in order to bring in viewers. I mean, that was just another really, I guess, more note to what Rach was saying earlier about the movie didn't do the story justice. Right. So um, that was one thing. I well, and even we commented on it when we saw the pictures of him at the end. We we're like, whoa. It was yeah. like it was a stark difference between oh. like usually usually <laughs> yeah. in these biopics yeah. they get people that at least kind of yeah. look like the people yeah. they didn't even try they're like here's three black women yeah Let's go for it yeah. like <laughs> yeah they just found the best actresses yeah. they could find and put them in the roles they didn't weren't trying to make them look right some of that could be the whole um, you know Oscars is white or Hollywood doesn't have enough diversity you know to right. start with yeah. so they don't have much of a they, you say they don't have much of a choice, but the thing is that they have plenty out there. Right. It's just about bringing in the dollars, right. yep. which this is doing. Right. And, hey, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, these three black women. It's it's not, you know, the three white main characters I thought were poorly written, too. Yeah. It's, it's not, Agreed. you know, The it's whole not, movie was just, just poorly yeah. written. Yeah, they were very one-dimensional. Honestly, probably my favorite character was probably uh, Glenn Powell's uh, – Neil Armstrong, but that's just because I like Glenn Powell. Or, or 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 was he playing John Alan Glenn or John Glenn? John I mean. Glenn. Who's John, John Glenn? Right? John Glenn. Yeah, John Glenn. 
I like Mahershala Ali again. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, that, that dude's awesome. I mean, like he's like that the dude's new awesome. Idris Elba, man. I yeah, mean, I just he yeah. just uh, shows just, confidence yes. and strength and all that. I agree. And I like him a lot. Characters I've seen him so far, yep. and I haven't watched or I don't remember much of. I've only seen the first season of House of Cards, which I mm-hmm. guess he's in. Right, he is. Yeah. Um, I remember that character kind of, but not his portrayal of it right. or his acting skills at the time. So I'm, if when I go back and watch that show, I'm looking forward to look, you know, watching for him because I really liked him in Moonlight for sure. Oh, he was he awesome. Was fantastic. He was great in this. His yeah, he was great in this. Yeah, awesome. he, he he oozes he, charisma. He's yeah. very. Ca- I'd like hit Bill. it. Yeah, <laughs> Idris Elba is a really good comparison because they're strong, manly, but yeah. charming and and you know. But I will I say, it. like the Sopranos thing, it's man's man. Yeah, exactly. I will say this though, in light of him being really good, I did think. I didn't need to see all their love stories because I felt like you it could buy it anyway. Yeah. I Well, and my main thing was this movie's already two hours and 10 minutes long. I didn't and notice I, that, by the way. Bro, they should have cut out at least 30 minutes of this movie. Yeah, it was two hours and 10 minutes long. And, and you know, you had these romantic subplots that I just felt like didn't really add to anything. And I felt like if we were going to – I'm fine with the two hour and 10 minute movie. But flesh out these characters more yep. instead of, and maybe that was the attempt to by giving them, showing that side of them. But again, it was. But just they didn't really, they didn't spend enough time with the love story no. for me to really get into it right. anyway. Right. So it was just a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Anything else we want to say about Hidden Figures? I don't like Jim Parsons, bro. Uh, he irritates me. He just irritates. me. He just me. can't act. He's no, the same he's, guy in every single. He's a, he's a typecast. Yeah. Yeah. He's typecast, yeah. and he's he just, the nerd. And right. he just honestly, he drives me crazy in Big Bang Theory. Oh, he's the only thing I like about the Big Bang. Theory. Really? I don't mind him in Big Bang Theory. It's when I see him in everything else because he's still he's Sheldon. Still, he's still Sheldon, yeah. And so yes. I yes. buy he's him like, as Sheldon because that's what Muppets. he is to me. Yes, yes, even in the Muppets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of like a Jesse Eisenberg or a Michael yes. Sarah. Yeah. Yes, and but but his is. I don't know. They're all kind of annoying to me. I've grown so to much. love Michael Sarah. Yeah, kind I actually of. <laughs> like Michael Sarah. I do watch, too. Go watch. Uh, I like Michael. I like Michael Sarah. But Jesse Eisenberg and Jim per- Parsons. Agreed. Yeah, they're just, just annoying. Yeah. All right. So overall, I'll, I'll, though, I'll say technically it was actually pretty good. It was it very was. clean. This director is Theodore Malfi, who also directed St. Vincent, which was so different. Oh, I loved St. Vincent. St. Yeah. Vincent was awesome. Yeah. Um, that was a well-written movie. I liked how the camera stayed still and let the actors do their job mm-hmm. quite a bit. It, it was did. a very yeah. still movie in yeah. those regards, except for when she was running, which actually I thought the music was really good in this. Oh, um, music was good. So so technically, I thought it was you know pretty well done, but also very clean, which should, which probably actually goes along with everything else being clean and perfect. Right. right. Yeah, that's so, a good point. But That's to me, point. NASA is supposed to be clean and perfect. So maybe that works. Yeah. Uh, overall, I'd say it's worth a watch just from the historical aspect. I, I give it like uh, an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I I gave it like a... Maybe a 7. I, I gave know. it a, like a 7 out of 10 yeah, for me. Because you still liked it. You still walk away. Yeah. I, still, yeah I just had a lot of issues with it. Rachel? I think it's important for people to see. But go and do the research. I mean, if it interests you, if you want to learn more about these ladies, then... I, I think yeah. that's good. Hopefully some people get inspired and all of that. The the main message I was reading online was realize it's just a movie. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So that is Hidden Figures. Let us know what you think on our SoundCloud page or on our Facebook page about Hidden Figures. Now it's the time of the show where we talk about what else we've been watching this week besides Hidden Figures. It can be movies, TV shows. It can be trailers. What have you guys been watching this week? Jacob. 
I'm sticking with my. I'm only watching 2016 movies right now. Yep. Unless I'm going to bed. Yep. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. What do you watch when you go to bed, Jacob? I watch old movies so I can fall asleep and I don't worry about missing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Porn. Right? That's that's what I was. That's what I was <laughs> there you go. That's what I was. That's what we were waiting for. I, I hope your mom and dad they they listened to last week's episode because your sister is on. I hope they like that so much that they listen to this follow up <laughs> episode where they hear their son shout porn. I watch porn. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, speaking of like getting caught watching porn, I watched Snowden. <laughs> Good call. Good seg. Uh, right. So Snowden, 2016 movie, uh, Oliver Stone movie, and it's starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Edward Snowden. Um, the description of it is, if you don't know who Ed- Edward Snowden is at this point, is the NSA's illegal surveillance techniques are leaked to the public by one of the agency's employees, Edward Snowden. Yeah, in the form of thousands of classified documents distributed to the press. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm going to try and stay away from the political news story because I completely botch it. But, you know, he just got, I think, 20 more years to be harbored in Russia. Yeah. So it's interesting. Crazy. It's an interesting story. Uh, I, well, again, another biopic. And you really have either of you seen this yet? Yeah, I've seen it. I've Rich? seen it. I have. I, I have. didn't see it, but I have researched Edward Snowden quite a bit. Well, you got to be careful with all of his Stone movies. Because you do, because he's, so he's pretty... He's so heavy-handed, and he's so manipulative. Very he manipulative. And yeah. he's very wheelie-nilly with facts. Oh, he will take I his slant. he is a conspiracy theorist. He is absolutely... Oh, watch JFK. He is absolutely <laughs> yes. a conspiracy yes. Or any, even any given Sunday, he's a conspiracy theorist. Like, right. I mean, like, no matter what he does, he has a slant. Yes. Uh, he's entertaining, and he's a good filmmaker. I think he... But he's very his, slanted. His better moments were before 1990. For sure, uh, for sure. Okay. I love JFK. I'll oh, it's say, one of my I'll favorites. Say JFK is before his better movies. Yes. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about Platoon and uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. I really like Natural Born Killers too. Honestly. I turned it off. I couldn't stand it. I understand that. Uh, so I'm wondering if I'm missing something at the end, but it was just too much for me. I get that. Way I liked it though. Um, but Snowden, I just did not realize this Snowden's involvement with the NSA, yeah, or just the CIA or FBI or whatever surveillance. Uh, group he was working for at the time. I didn't realize how how brilliant he is. Right. Uh, just his influence as being one of the top minds, if not the top mind. Um, he could qualify for our top five list. We're doing top five geni- movies about geniuses uh, in honor of hidden figures. That's a good call. He I could. Mean, he could. Yeah. Yeah. There you okay. go. Huh. I didn't yeah. think about that because yeah. it's so obvious right now. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't think of some movies. So I better look it up. <laughs> um, I like uh, that you make yourself sound like a nerd too, not just me. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about. Never mind. Um, Edward, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I thought it was a pretty good job. Yeah, he does. Uh, I like Joseph He's Gordon-Levitt. a good actor. He's such a likable dude. It's yes. impossible. Not- I actually think that's his biggest failing as an actress. He can't not be likable. You've said that before, and we watched a movie recently where we didn't like him. We didn't like him in the role, which is Because he rare. wasn't right for it, because he wasn't. What was it? What was it? Um, but he was very good in it, very straight-laced, kind of nerdy-sounding, but still kind of strong. And really, you realize that this guy is a patriot. You know, yeah. He wants to do right by his country. Uh, at least how Oliver Stone portrays Right, it. right. Keep that in mind. Because uh, then I go against everything I just preached about a minute ago. Um, I have an unpopular opinion about Snowden. I'm just going to throw out there since we're talking about it. I'm all right with being a minority. I'm agree with nobody agreeing with me. That's okay. I don't expect anybody else to. <laughs> I actually kind of agree with the government as far as the Snowden. Oh, I do too. Thing. Oh, you do too? Yeah. Dude, we're, in the, we're like the only two. Honestly, Everybody I've I'm talked a, about I'm this both with. both sides of it, man. I mean, one, I, I'm not doing anything. 
we, I'm not doing anything illegal. So that's exactly how I, I feel. I don't really care. If you want to catch me walking around with, in the nude in That's house, exactly how I feel. Well, I'm more like, power to you. Hope that, you're not that's too how jealous. I feel. I'm like, <laughs> if, I'm like, if the government wants to watch me and that helps protect our country from terrorists and, and all those things, I'm not doing anything wrong. They're not going to care if they catch me watching porn or what. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care about that. They're, they're not going to sit there and watch. They're only doing it. If I'm doing something bad, then I deserve to get caught. Or if I'm a terrorist or something, then I deserve to get caught. So I'm with the government. If it helps national security, I'm okay with them. I think it's good that we know their capabilities, though. You know, yeah, I think it's, I'm, as far I'm as that. privacy laws go, it's good that we know what yeah. they're capable of. I mean, Why, so the terrorists to, can hide it better? Being able, what? <laughs> so the terrorists can hide it better? <laughs> well, true. But being able, knowing that they can look through my camera on my computer screen, that's nuts. It's nuts, but honestly, they don't care. No offense to Jacob Crisp, but they don't care what you're doing. I mean, they can. They have the ability to. Yeah. They don't care about me. They don't care about you. They're looking at you know yeah. people who might actually be a threat. That's the way it. I look I at it. it. Or it. are they? <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think they're looking at us, but I do think that they look into people that have influence and wealth and all of those things, not because they are doing something shady, but just because they want to collect information on these people. I absolutely think they do that. No. Well, that's true. That's- that doesn't affect me. They don't give a crap about me, but I understand why some people might have an issue with that. That's true. And that's some of the stuff that they have done for maybe black uh, blackmail, bribery, uh, yep. instead of... You're putting this information into the hands of Donald Trump now, people. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Yep. It's, yep. He, already, yep. he already had this technology and capability, <laughs> let's be honest. No. He certainly knows how to work Twitter. I'll say this movie's done. It's uh, it's edited really well, which most Oliver Stone movies really are. Yeah, Always they are. edited real yeah. well. Uh, it's an interesting storyline. I think it's worth seeing. Uh, it kind of flew under the radar this year. It did, which is weird considering... Oliver Stone's names, yeah, to. and and the subject matter and how relevant it um, is. Some of that could—that's a good point. Some of that yeah. could have been when it was released. Uh, some of that could be because Oliver Stone, I think, may have burned some bridges. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, it was released in September, by the way. Uh, and maybe some people just are tired of the story of Snowden. Maybe kids don't give a shit. I, I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's hard to throw a movie in September when you're having to deal with all the movies left over from the summertime. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, the next, in, well, the other movie I want to talk about is the documentary, uh, called tower. Have y'all heard of this yet? I have not. Nope. Um, so critics are loving this movie. Uh, tower is simply, um, it's described as animation, testimony, and archival footage combined to relate the events of August 1st, 1966, when a gunman opened fire from the university of Texas clock tower, killing 16 people. Whoa, yeah, I know that story. This, I have heard of this. It, it, well, it's on iTunes right now. This documentary is wicked good. Really? I'm yes. adding it to my I'm list down. right now. Because you you first go into it like, okay, 1966. Um, you If you watch a trailer, you know, it's kind of that older footage. But, okay, I'll say this. This was the country's first massive shooting incident I believe it had ever had. Okay. Um, it was set in 1966, so you're on the cusps. Of ending the Vietnam, something like that. That's right, because yeah. he was a Vietnam yeah. vet, the, the, the shooter. Um, one unique trait about this movie, well, I'll just say, I could I can see why people probably wouldn't care because it seems like it happened you know, in one day. In one day, now that we have so many mass shootings, we're right. kind of uh, immune to it or yeah. don't care as much about it. Um, but when you take into the, t- the account the time period, well, it won't be the first one, time period, um, people were so much simpler then. 
uh, media involvement or lack of involvement back in the 60s. Right. Um, the attitude of Americans at the time versus how they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people wanting to help versus people... I mean, look, everyone's scared if you have a mass shooting thing, but there's just an attitude difference, especially when it comes to patriotism, I believe, compared to what it is 40 years later. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, That part's really interesting. One of the coolest things about about this documentary is that they animate almost everything. So what they did is they videotape someone in a, a human being and then they just throw animation on top of it so that you're less tied to this isn't the real character, this is an actress, and you treat this animated character as the real person. Um. What they did is they actually interviewed the real person involved, then they brought in an actress who was her age at the time of the shooting, huh. and then that actress who's portrayed as a... Uh, an illustration you feel more in tune or in touch with that hmm. it's combined with a very good uh, the music's very good it also brings you in and just it's real very eerie um, they do it's great it's, it's great at it's edit how it's edited because you're jumping back and forth between about four or five storylines most of them are students um, there's one store manager who kind of gets involved he's actually really big and this storyline, and then you have one or two police officers that's following. And these are um, four of the five are all still alive that they use these interviews from. And then the fifth one was interviews that were maybe taken the last 10 years of this man, mm. uh, of this other police officer, I'll say. And so you, so you leading all up to the point of them getting the guy in the end in the clock tower. Oh. Uh, it's so good. It's, it's really good. I was surprised. You know, even when I heard about it from the critics, I was like, well, one, I think almost all documentaries are good. They're just so interesting. Yeah. We had some some good ones this year that flew under the radar. Well, I'll just say we had some good documentaries this year. I think I have more documentaries on my list this year than I ever have before. Oh, really? And I think, well, I don't know. There's one other one. This Tower one. Tower is very good. So um, it's interesting. Check it out on iTunes. Uh, It's very much worth the rent if you uh, are into that. Nice. I'm. I added it to my list. I'm. And I mean, I like Brandon's true crime. really into mass shootings. <laughs> hey, I'll say, I'll say I, I am into better. true crime. You know, y'all like Sarah Graves. It's way better than Sarah Graves. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Also, oh, I wonder thing if it's I really on like the about it is they don't even talk about the shooter as far as his name, oh, his history afterwards. They don't even which I which you I like. Don't give him any mm-hmm. credit. And oh, it's more about cool. what the people did that day and how that's they did cool. it, what they did to help each other. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's on the Oscar shortlist because they already know which ones are on the shortlist to be nominated. Right. wonder if it's on that. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be watching it 100%. Uh, Rachel, what have you been watching lately? Speaking of documentaries, I have two real quick. Uh, they're both Netflix documentaries. Uh, Amanda Knox is out on Netflix. Hey, which, I watched um, Amanda Knox too. Yes, you did. It's... Um, Amanda Knox was, she spent like four years in prison for killing, well, she was convicted of killing Meredith Kircher. Is this her roommate? It was her roommate, and they were both exchange students. They were in Italy, and um, she was, she has been acquitted by the Supreme Court. So it's, it tells the whole story of Amanda Knox and, and, um, kind of the ins and outs of uh, did she do it did she not do it however this is not a very well made documentary and it really ended up being more frustrating than anything because it didn't you have questions that it doesn't answer 
and not because they can't. It's just they failed to answer the most obvious questions in a lot of cases, I felt like. so. Like, it, who's this Rudy dude who was actually convinced, yeah, okay, convicted so, of, so the, of killing Yes, the, the guy roommate. that is actually convicted of killing Meredith, they brushed over him in maybe two minutes. Yeah. Maybe, at yeah. most. And they were like, oh. Uh, then they arrested this guy. By the way, this guy is yada yada. That's it. Okay, now back to Amanda. Uh yeah, uh, but Amanda was such a big deal. Like, uh, it was kind of frustrating. But um, the Amanda Knox story is an interesting story. But oh that yeah, documentary it's a really was story. not. I have no idea. I'm missing a lot of key elements that I they could have. Oh, given I looked me. all up in it. Wasn't I know she all the facts cold? now. Isn't that why uh, she was? She the was. Media she was so acted to weird. Her. Well, the the media was attracted to her because she was really really pretty. Like she very was, gone she, girlish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She was really attractive. She was young. She was from America. Living in Italy, so there was kind of that. Uh, she had an Italian boyfriend that she'd only had for five days. They kind of had a love affair. There was a lot of, like, sex in the headlines as far as this stuff yeah. going down. There may yep. or may not have been a threesome. That was the... The media kind of went wild on it. And yeah, just they called her speculation Foxy out there. Of, yeah. Um, so it was. it became like a tabloid thing. Yeah. Yep. And and so the way she was painted over there, you know, was as a as a sex temptress villain. You know, we kind of heard about it back here. And you're we like, oh, well, she's kind of a victim. She's, you know, we need to protect her, get her out of there. Uh, she was convicted and then acquitted, convicted, acquitted. It was crazy. It's a crazy case. But this. OK, so I don't know if I told you this, Rachel, but I actually looked it up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's basically a. Uh, Amanda Knox propaganda piece is what the documentary itself is. She may or may not have killed them. They, they covered the facts somewhat, somewhat in this. Yeah. They left a lot of facts yes, out. They would have. She may to. or may not have killed them. I don't know. Gun to my head, I would guess she didn't. But there's a lot more to her being guilty than what's in this oh, documentary. Oh, I was for sure that there was. And uh, come to find out that the people that made this documentary were basically pro-Amanda, you know, Well, it was before. clear that they were. And and uh, so, and she basically narrates it and gives her side. Exactly. It's, it's a completely slanted one-sided yeah. story, which yeah. is the worst kind of documentary. I assume that it was, and I assume that's why the important elements were missing that I wanted, because yeah. they probably weren't favorable to her. Right. I mean, there were so. things, for instance... We should probably move on, but I'll say this: the the whole uh, knife thing, there the important murder weapon part of this is kind of brushed over. Come to find out, the boyfriend says that he pricked Meredith with the knife because she come over and right. spent time at his house, but they didn't even include that in right. the right. That's a pretty important piece of information. Yeah. It was missing a lot of stuff. Okay. So you're Uh, saying I shouldn't, I don't need to watch it now. I want you to watch it (laughs) just to get angry with this documentary for being so slanted. My roommate watched it. I'll have to ask her what she did. Yeah. It's, it's pretty slanted. The other one I wanted to bring up real quick is 13th because it's getting Oscar buzz. Yeah. It's also a Netflix documentary. It's, it's about the 13th amendment and listen, all documentaries have a slant. They all have something that they all have an agenda. Some of them cover it better than others. And I'm sure that there is an agenda here. But as a white person, there is so much that I do not understand about black culture. And wait a second. And what is the 13th Amendment? I thought you were going to say, wait a second, you're white. It <laughs> abolished so slavery. Better. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery. Okay. However, the documentary addresses the fact that there is a loophole in that and that you you can be uh you can lose that freedom 
if you become a felon, if you're a criminal. And basically, they have recordings of of Reagan and of Nixon saying things like, this is how we control the black population. We criminalize them. So, That's crazy. Um, I, just as a white person, I'm so blind to these things in, you know, middle income family, but they're... There's a whole nother world that, (laughs) right. And I mean, that's no fault of my own. And I don't think it's most white people's fault that we're just not exposed to that part, but it's important to learn about it. And I thought this documentary did a really good job at exposing a lot of those things. And, um, just the statistics of, uh, and, and how laws got passed that, um, you know, the three strikes you're out rule and all of that kind of stuff. And really what that ended up doing to, uh, low-income black communities and how many of them have lost their rights by being declared criminals is basically putting them into slavery. They lost a lot of things that they fought for. And so uh, it covers a lot of stuff like that. And I think it is a... It's important to watch. Now, you cannot... You should always fact-check things. Like I said, everything has a slant. But this presents a lot of good information and it's definitely worth a watch. What were you just flicking through documentaries and you ran across it or had you heard about it? No, it's oh, getting Oscar, Oscar buzz. buzz. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I was yeah. like, how is a Netflix documentary getting Oscar buzz? But I guess they screened it somewhere. And so it yeah, Netflix now. is finding a loophole themselves. Yes, yes they are getting there, which is smart. But it is. HBO it is. should have been doing this for the past yes, they 20 years. Been. I mean, Netflix, I feel like there are no more movies or shows on Netflix anymore. They're all Netflix produced. I know. There is like, a lot of Yeah, them. which is crazy. A lot of it's good, but you know, when they first started, everything was good. A lot of their stuff kind of sucks now. Yeah, it's it, it miss. There's just so much of it. Yeah, exactly. And the more the more you put out there, there's going to start to be ones that suck. Um, but I do want to watch 13th. 13th is yeah. worth watching. I would I recommend watch everybody that. watch it. Uh, I quickly want to say um, Passengers with... Uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Finally, I watched someone it. in this group saw it. Is yes. that crazy? Yeah. Two stars that we really like. Yeah, we really like. In a movie that had all the makings. Yes. We, it's been in four weeks. Yes. All the makings of being a huge hit, Oscar contender. It looked great from the previews. And I was actually excited about seeing it. And then the reviews came out, and they were completely mixed. Yep. And I was like, well, this kind of stuff. Actually, mixed to poor. Yeah, they're more um, poor. But I got to say... I liked it. I actually liked it quite a bit. My brother liked it a ton, too. expectations were low? And I thought that might be it, but I thought about it. No, I just straight up really enjoyed it. The the characters really enjoyed it. The storyline was really enjoyable. I... It's just hard not to like Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And Chris Pratt, Pratt. yeah. Yeah. I I think that the... Does that help? Because... It definitely helps. It definitely helps. One person I know who saw it says, you take those two actors out, and you put someone else who is lower, you wouldn't give two shits about this movie. That may be true. That may be true. But because I liked them so much, I was cool with just watching those two. But I'm also like, I kind of like the Soul Survivor type of movie, like, you know, Man Against the Odds. Uh, oh, is that what this movie's about? I mean, it's, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil anything. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Misty really enjoyed it. I, I, I was actually kind of pissed at the critics on this one because I felt like this movie's kind of getting ripped off and should be getting, I think that the critics hurt the box office. And obviously, you know, word of mouth and all that. So I, I didn't actually, go based off of the critics. Me neither. I didn't. We we just saw it on the snow day. Friday, everybody was out here in Oklahoma for, yeah. for the ice and snow. But it wasn't that bad. So we're like, let's go see a movie. It was four bucks. So we saw it. My brother day. really liked it. He thought they marketed it all wrong as that well. That was the problem. 
Yep. It, where it looked like an action movie and it's yep. not really an action movie. I think that was the problem. I think that 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 people thought they're going to see a cool sci-fi action movie, and it's not that at all. It's Dude's basically thinking. yeah. It's kind of a it's it's a slow burn romantic story. Right. That's my brother described it as a romance. Yeah, and so I think that, that was probably the, the probably problem. Covers the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yep. Yep. Pretty, exactly. Pretty much all of it. Yeah. But but I loved it. I I. I, like this can sound crazy given the reviews. To me, it was like an eight out of a ten. I really liked it a lot. Huh. Um, so I'd actually say screw the critics on this one and go see that movie. Uh, and it was really well made, like shot and filmed and all that stuff. You know, I was just saying, you know, take two lower actors and replace them, and you wouldn't care. But I was like, well, what if Chris Pratt would have played Daniel Plainview? So I guess it's the same case for that. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> I would not be able to take the drink your milkshakes at all. Uh, last thing I'll say. apply to all movies. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Martin Sheen. Is that right? Michael Sheen? Michael Sheen? The British dude. Well, Help me out. Michael. Michael. Oh, you oh mean Passengers? Yes. It's Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, yeah. I like him. I've always liked him. I like him a lot, and I love him in this. He plays a droid who is a bartender. Uh, he's he's kind of very good and underrated actor. He is, and he is really, really good in this. I really like him a lot in this. That's all I'm going to say about that. My favorite was when he was in uh, The Queen uh, playing Yeah, oh, he was awesome in, in yeah. The Queen. He, he's a good actor. He is. Uh, briefly, briefly, I'm just going to throw a shout-out to, if you like true crime documentaries, we talked about it. Watch The Killing Season. Missy and I are about four episodes into it. It's about the uh, Long Island serial killer. Uh, it's on A&E. It's, it's pretty fascinating. It's not quite making or murder or the jinx quality. It's not that good, but it's from the same people that did Cropsey. Uh, it's it's worth a watch. It's pretty pretty interesting story. I've never heard of Cropsey. It's a good one. It, it's a good one. It's, it's basically kind of an urban myth, uh, true crime thing, documentary. Got kind of a lot of buzz a couple of years ago. Uh, this one's a good one. So this, okay, I, I'm reading there. So yeah, okay, they're investigating a bizarre unsolved serial killer. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of prostitutes, sex workers. I guess is the politically correct term now. Bunch of sex workers in Long Island <laughs> <laughs> were killed uh, like ten years ago. Found uh, like all over Long Island in burlap sacks, like potato sacks. And it's it's a grisly, creepy. There's a lot of layers to it, just like all these true crime. And this one hasn't been solved, uh, which adds an extra. So the dude's still out there, more than likely, which adds an extra layer of creepiness to it. Um, so it's it's worth a watch. Do you think Terrence Howard playing DJ or J <laughs> in Hustle and Flow? We'll call him <laughs> Sex Workers. It's DJAY. DJAY. <laughs> I was just about to like describe the movie, but use hose instead, and just felt wrong. But the movie I really want to talk about is one that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Isabel Huppert, uh, oh yeah, won the Golden Globe for Best Actress for it, and it's a foreign film. I know nothing about this movie. It's a for- it's starting to get a lot of buzz, and she's probably going to get nominated for Best Actress. And some people are saying it's actually the performance of the year, but because it's a foreign film, she's. It may be too late, like the buzz is catching up too late. But she did win the Golden Globe, so who knows what's going to happen. This is a weird, awesome movie. It's categorized as a thriller comedy drama, which sounds ridiculous, but that's what it is. It's directed by Paul uh, Verhoeven, 
who directed Basic Instinct and Starship Troopers. Well, that's random. It's totally random. He, and he's kind of an out there, kind of a controversial director anyways. Um, but he's there Ameri- was nothing controversial about Basic Instinct. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he does American movies. But here's the deal. This movie is so out there and kind of controversial because of the main character that Isabel Hooper plays. He tried to get it made in America, but all the American actresses he approached turned it down. Because they're like, uh, this character's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I can play that character. Um, basically, it opens up. She gets raped in the very first scene uh, by somebody in a ski mask. And it kind of goes on. She owns a video game company. And she's kind of this, and she's got the stuff in her past that has affected her life. She's this strong, cynical emotional, put-together, completely torn-apart woman. And I will say this. I think it's the best. She's the best actress I've seen this year. This performance is the best. Maybe even just overall performance I've seen this year, possibly. And even if you don't like foreign films, give this a chance. It was was written for American audiences, but it feels like a foreign film. Uh, They had to make it in France because of all the lead actresses turning it down. It's kind of a who-did-it, who-raped-her mystery wrapped around a comedy wrapped around a drama it's a good movie it's weird and the character choices and things that happen and there's a lot of sexual messed up things but it's a good good movie it's it's probably in my top five to ten of the year really yeah i I want to check it out can i can i read off paul verhaven's uh filmography do it yeah okay you got robocop yeah total recall (laughs) Then basic, awesome. then basic instinct. Yeah. Uh, three years later, he does Showgirls. That's right. I forgot Showgirls. That was yeah. the other controversy. Two years one. after that, he does Starship Troopers, and then the rest after that's been really nothing. Yeah, because everybody's like, so "You're random. weird, dude. Get out of here." You know, all these were pretty decent movies. Yeah, they were good the movies. Besides Showgirls, but they're also different. They are. They're all over the also. place. And this movie is all over the place. It's got like elements of all those movies besides robots. In it. <laughs> in, in a psycho uh, serial killer? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ice uh, pick, maybe? Uh, I, I won't say. Okay. Yeah, I won't say. Well, I like thrillers, so this should be right up my You guys alley. should see it. It's here in Oklahoma City right now at Quell Springs Mall, AMC. Probably won't be here that long since it's a foreign film. You should go see it while it's here. Actually, leave this taping and go see it. Is okay, it, bye. Would, you mind, would yeah. you mind stick around for an hour and a half and Rachel and I'll be right back? Yeah, it's cool. I'll do the top five by myself. All right. Leave your list. <laughs> so that has that is what we've been watching this week. Uh, go see everything we talked about because we have great taste. Be sure to listen to our top five geniuses in movies on our top five episode. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>